A very good morning to all of you. <clears throat> Isn't it great that we can be together once again <clears throat> learning from the Word of God? Some of you may know that there are <clears throat> some, some wonders in the world, you know, some seven wonders in the world. One of them is, uh, is uh, Victoria Falls. Okay? Uh, these are very, very special places that we call great. And of course, you can go there and you can admire them and uh, eventually you come to know them and you understand what it is all about. But today I want to talk about the greatness that is beyond our understanding. A greatness that we see in our God. And today we want to study the Word of God in order for us to gain insight into the nature of God. Even so, He is beyond understanding. He has actually revealed Himself to us and gives us an opportunity to know more and more about Him as we move forward. So I want to take you to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 11, verse 33. The Bible uh, reads here, all the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. The depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his path beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him. For from him and through him and to him are all things. Very powerful, you know? From him, through him, and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. And an Old Testament scripture in the book of Job comes to the similar conclusion. But the Bible reads here in Job chapter 36, verse 22, God is exalted in his power. Who is a teacher like him? Who has prescribed his ways for him or said to him, you have done wrong? Remember to extol his work, which men have praised in song. All, man, all mankind has seen it. Men gaze on it from afar. How great is God beyond our understanding? The number of his years is past finding out. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for these powerful words that you have put into our midst in this morning, Lord, that you have asked me to declare amongst your people. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for who you are. We may never fully understand the depths of your riches and understanding of the wisdom and the knowledge, but thank you, Lord, that we know your love because you have loved us. You have proven that love when you called us out of darkness into your wonderful light. And we want to thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, that today, as we study your word, you give us insight, greater understanding that you have made available to those who believe. And we thank you for your words. Amen. So there is greatness beyond understanding. And of course, that greatness is not in the seven wonders of the world, uh, but it is in God himself, the one who has created all things. Almighty God is far beyond our human comprehension. You know, there are things we can understand and there are things that we cannot understand. Now we are going to school to widen our horizon, to learn more and more about the things that uh, are interesting or necessary for us to learn. 
Uh, and, and of course, you know, we know that the whole of mankind is busy trying to, to widen the horizons by, you know, putting their boundaries further and further in this world. Now, the Bible tells us there are depths of riches of wisdom and knowledge that are in God. Okay? And of course, God has declared his word to us, and a lot of things that is written or are written in the word of God, they are giving us insights and they are giving us understanding about uh, the things of God that he has cared to reveal to us. But you must understand that God has revealed only what is in this book, in his, in his word. He can't reveal everything about him. Because even if he did, you know, our brain is too small that God could fit into it. Okay? If God could fit into our brain, then he would be small. Okay? You understand that? Because our brain has limitations. And even the wisest or the most, uh, you know, learned person in the world has still limits. And our brain can never really fully be able to catch every detail about the nature of God. So there is no way that we would ever be able to trace the ways of God. All we can be able to trace is what God has given to us in his words. And of course, uh, that is quite uh, substantial. Uh, even so, it is not even a small percentage of who God is all about. Because we can never find out the deep secret, well, you know, there is no real God. And especially in the Western world, people have dispensed with God. They think they don't need him anymore because they are more clever. They are more learned. They can do things on their own. And yet we realize, you know, how impossible it is for people to even come to, you know, conclude a conflict, okay? When there's a war, people fail people amongst nations. You know, the, the, human, the human ability is very limited. And, and we must accept that fact because we see it every single day. But we must understand that God is God, okay? And he has his own ways, whether we like it or not, whether we believe it or not, whether we understand it or not, God is God. And, you know, actually mankind is proving God right because they're doing exactly the same things that God has been doing. You know, actually they're copying the nature of God. Let me, let me explain that to you. Okay? I'm sure you have heard or seen, maybe on television or on social media, that human beings have now created robots. Okay? And some of the robots, especially in the industrial area, you know, they are very, very busy uh, to put cars together, welding all the different uh, positions where a car needs to be welded. In fact, most of the, most of the uh, products, you know, complicated products that we have today, they are actually created by robots. You know, the Japanese have made robots that can even speak, okay, that can even surf. Okay, so they come and, uh, you know, especially in old people's homes, they come and they serve the people who need certain support, and they speak. What do you need to take? You know, can I help you? <laughs> okay, very interesting. So in, in other words, you know, we human beings, we like to make things that resemble us. Okay, so the, the new robots now, they look like human beings. Okay, unfortunately, a, human, a robot will never be a human being. Okay, but you know, mankind follows in the footsteps of God. Because God has made us in his own image and likeness. And even so, we are today separated from the living God uh, in the way we used to be, you know, in the Garden of Eden. We couldn't stay there because of sin. 
But nevertheless, you know, we must understand that when we come to know Christ, you know, that uh, likeness of God in us is being restored. And we can be like God. We can be, you know, heirs and joined heirs with Christ. I'm sure you have heard of AI. Okay, AI, if you didn't hear about it, then you hear it today. You know, AI means artificial intelligence. And a lot of uh, computer programs are now uh, being marketing, marketed as AI. They have artificial intelligence. So in other words, they're trying to give these programs the ability to foresee things, you know, just like a human being. But of course, even artificial intelligence has got its limits. You know, just like a robot that a human being can make has its limits. So, you know, it's very funny that people who deny God actually are doing exactly what God has been doing. Okay? We human beings, we are created by God to be creative. And we create. Okay? Look at the things that we are creating as human beings. All over the world you see new inventions coming up every now and then. Which is proof that God, who made us, who created us, in that very way, is the one who brought us into this world, who brought us into being. We want to copy God down to the very last, that we want to make creatures that are resembling us human beings, that are able to do the same things that we human beings can do. But of course, any machine can maybe program to do a number of things, but no machine can be able to, uh, you know, the kind of uh, feelings that we have when we rejoice or when we mourn, you know, because a machine can't do this. And so it's very interesting that we as human beings, you know, we are trying to be on the footsteps of God. And uh, even so, a lot of people who do this are denying the same who they are trying to copy. Very interesting. Okay. So we must understand that what man will be able to accomplish can never be able to compare to what God has created. Because God has made you and me to be companions of God, you know, beloved by God, heirs of God, sons and daughters of God. That's his desire for each and every one of us. And, and you know, when, when the Bible reads these powerful words, Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God, you know. There is depths that we cannot even imagine, okay, that we cannot even come close to uh, understand. Who has known the mind of God? Well, God has declared some of the things to us, but the rest we don't know, Okay. As Job was, uh, the book of Job was writing, who has prescribed his ways for him? Okay, how did God know what to do? How did he come up with the plan that he has? Who could have ever told him, no, this is wrong, you need to uh, adjust here or there? You know, that's what we human beings need to be uh, encouraged to, to do, you know, because we, we are not perfect. But God is perfect in every way. And so, he is past tracing out, beyond our understanding. His greatness is so amazing. So humans want to get the creator on their own level, okay? And, and unfortunately, you know, people reason about God. How would God allow this? Who are you to tell God whether he allows something or not? that we don't understand, would this happen if there is a God? That just shows to us that we don't understand God, okay? It just shows to us that he is far beyond our level. And yet we, we as human beings, we want to bring him down. We want to argue with him as if he's a human being. Actually, you can see this in the book of Job, 
uh, quite extensively because there, was these, there were these arguments uh, between uh, Job and his friends. And of course, often they were talking about God as if he is just a fellow human being. But God is not a human being. Okay? God is God. God is the creator of all things. You know, we, we, we often see God through our human lenses. Okay? The lenses of our time. Okay, now we are living in a time of democracy, liberal democracy, we could say. And, and we want God to conform to our standards. And that has happened throughout time. You know, times were very different, like in the Middle Ages, or even in the early days of, of, uh, of uh, the, the, the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many times people thought that God must be able to fit into their time. But he does not. He's far beyond us. He is so much greater than we can ever imagine. So God does never conform to our standards, but we must learn the standards of God. Okay? We must learn as far as we can because, you know, uh, there are limitations. Why are there limitations? Because we can only learn what God has revealed to us. We cannot go beyond that. And God has decided to re reveal certain dimensions to us, certain truths to us. And everything that is beyond, we have to wait to find out until fin finally we'll be with him. So God is the one who has set the standards. And even if something we don't like, we cannot tell him, you are wrong. You have made a mistake. Okay? Because he's God. And he's beyond our understanding. Now, I will be very much agreeable to the fact that there are many things that are very difficult to understand about God. You know, when you read scripture, there will always be things that you start wondering about. You know, how would God have said this? How would God have done this? How would God have allowed certain things? And this that we cannot really fully get all the backgrounds that makes God decide in one way or the other. We cannot fully understand God from eternity because after all, he has been from eternity past and he's in eternity future. He is not living in time like we do. You know, he's not running out of time as we are. He has got plenty of time and if he, if he would you know, run out of time, he could always make more of it. But let's understand, God is not living in time. He is living in timelessness. Okay? He is beyond space and time and material. Okay? So he is, he is living in a different world. So even if we find certain things about God difficult, uh, you know, leave it there. Maybe there comes a time when you understand better. I remember there were a lot of things that I was marking in my Bible when I became a child of God, and I couldn't really wrap my head around some of these things, and, you know, I went back to these things every now and then. And today, with a distance of, you know, maybe 30, 40 years, uh, when I read some of these things again, I now have come to an understanding because God has transformed my mind. God has transformed my thinking, my, my ways. That does not mean that I understand everything. Like, all of us will never understand everything about God. It's impossible, okay? In fact, there is so much to find out when we finally join him in his presence. And, you know, we will have an eternity uh, that is exciting because we will be able to see more and more about the greatness and the wonderful. Don't understand dimension. Leave it there, okay? Maybe one day you will. And if you know, we'll never understand it in this world, you know, we will be able to find out more of those things that we do not understand when we are in the presence of God Almighty. Never did God ask us that we should understand 
him in his fullness. But what God did ask us is that we believe him. Okay? And that's a quite a different uh, thing altogether. You know, believing God means that you accept what he says even if you cannot understand it. And of course, we see Abraham being the father of our faith. He was, he was approached by God. God told him things which he could not understand whatsoever. Okay? He could not wrap his head around the things that God was talking about. You know, God said, go, go and look up to this, the, the, the sky and, and count the stars that you, can, that you can see. And then God told him again, go and look at the, uh, the, the, the sand on the seashore and count the, the kernels of, of, of sand. Of course, we know this is impossible, isn't it? It's totally impossible. But then God promised him, you know, even so you don't understand, I want you to believe me that I will make you a father of many nations, a father of all of those who believe. And for sure, today we, you and me, and all of us who are believing in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we are children of Abraham because like Abraham believed, we also believe. So you cannot understand everything, but you can believe, even against, you know, the, the, the ideas of the wisdom of this world, you can still believe. And, and Abraham believed, you know, when God said, I'm going to show you a land that I will give you, he, he followed. Okay. And that was a long, long time ago. And today, if you're looking at the map, you will still find Israel on the map. Okay, even so, it was wiped from the map for a long time. In okay, and of course, when they were wiped from the map, it had a reason because the people of Israel became disobedient to God. And God said, I'm going to scatter you all over the world. But then he also promised, I will bring you back again into the land that I've promised to Abraham. Okay, and he was a man of faith. He believed in God. And that's why God was able to do exactly what he promised. So we need to be believers. Okay? And you can be a believer even against the fact that you cannot fully understand. You know, this has got something to do with trust, isn't it? When you have children... You know, they don't fully understand others. I'm sure, you know, those of you who have young children today, you will easily uh, agree with that, or those of you who have children. You know, you can tell a child, you know, if a child is up on, the, on, on a higher position and you are down there and, and you tell your child, jump, your child will jump. Okay, because the child trusts you as a mom or as a dad, that you are going to catch that child and take care of that child. And that's what faith is all about, okay? The child may not know anything about, you know, uh, what would happen if it would crash on the ground, <laughs> okay? What if uh, uh, mom or dad is not there, you know? We, 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 we know that uh, a lot of laws, you know, the law of gravity, for instance, does a child understand the law of gravity? No, it doesn't care. So, we may not know everything, but we must learn to believe in what God has given us to trust in. God has given us his word, and it's wonderful and powerful that we can believe in his word. Okay? So, I want you to uh, look at uh, a scripture with me uh, in the book of Matthew. Chapter 11, verse 25. These are words that Jesus has given to us. Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. And again, you know, we, we, and I think that's what is important. We see the nature of God that he has revealed to us so that we can trust him, that we can believe him, that we can walk with him. The Bible reads here, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned 
and reveal them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. Okay? Do you know that God enjoys things? God has pleasure. Pleasure in human beings like you and me who trust him and believe in him. Okay? That was the good pleasure of the Father. Okay? All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Okay? So, nobody knows God. Okay? Unless Jesus, whom the Father has sent into this world, reveals him to us. And of course, that's what he does. That's what he did when he was with the disciples. When the disciples uh, were asking Jesus, uh, how, teach us to pray. Then he says, pray our Father who is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. So uh, Jesus revealed the nature of the Father to the, to the people. Okay? And likewise, you know, God reveals himself to us through Jesus Christ who has come to give us insight in his nature. So Jesus, no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay, so Jesus is giving praise to his Father for having given his, his wisdom that was hidden from the world to people who world, but who cared to believe what the Lord. We have another scripture in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. And the Bible reads here, it's very similar to what we have read from uh, Matthew, and the Bible reads here, for the sins in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Okay, so I said earlier on, you know, today we have artificial intelligence. We have robots. But all these advances that we human beings have made, do not help us to understand God better. Okay, they may understand us to do this or the other better, but we cannot understand God in his nature, in his greatness, in his wonderful ways and wisdom and knowledge through the things that we, that we advance in. And so Jesus said, the word of God says that God has chosen the, pre the preaching of the word of God, which looks foolish to the Greeks and the Gentiles, you know, because it, that's not what they're expecting, but it's what God has chosen to do. And the Bible says the Jews demand miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Praise God. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So, if our brain is limited, and it is, you know, I mean, no matter how much we know, we always have limits. But when you have Christ in your life, Christ in us, that's the hope of glory. We may have it in sin, the power of God, and we have the wisdom of God, okay? We may have it in seed form. We may not fully understand yet all of the things that are yet to unfold in our lives. But praise God, you know, as we are walking with the Lord, as we continue to, to advance in our journey, in this world and even in the world to come, the fullness of God's wisdom and of God's knowledge and of God's greatness will become more and more reality to each and every one of us who believe. That's why 
the word of God says, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Brothers, think of what you were when you were caught. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were noble of birth. But God shows the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God shows the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And praise God, you know, when we walk with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you know, he actually removes many of the limitations that we have had when we first came to know him. Actually, we learn in wisdom and knowledge. We are growing in the strength of the Lord, our God. And that is beautiful. This is what God has designed. This is how God wants us to move forward in life. You know, there are people who say, I can't understand the Bible, so I, I'm not even going to look at it. He says, okay, if you, are, if you are putting it aside, you will never learn anything about it. So read the scripture. You know, understand as you read. Greater understanding will come to you. God will give you intelligence. God will give you ability. God will make you the kind of a person that only he can make you to be. Now, yes, of course, there are a lot of people who are wise in this world, people who have uh, really achieved uh, top uh, kind of uh, wisdom and, and, and development in this world. But without Christ, all of this amounts to nothing. That's why we need the scripture. That's why we need Christ in our life, because he is the power of God and the wisdom of God that comes into our lives in order to make us able to get a greater understanding of the things of God. So let's understand nothing that God has created can be compared with the creator, okay? And all the things that are around here today, they are created, okay? Nothing which you see or which you touch or feel has come by itself. Everything is created. Even the, the, the next crop that is going to grow <clears throat> is a creation of God. How can I say that? You know, because there's a seed falling into the ground and then the seed is producing a, a harvest. Yes. But where does the seed come from? The seed does not come from us. The seed comes from God. He's the one who has designed everything, okay? And when, when God created, if you go back into the uh, book of Genesis chapter 1, you will find out that God created everything with seed inside of it, okay? So God didn't need to come back every year to create a new harvest because he has given a seed. And the seed that is uh, produced by last year's harvest is able to produce another harvest next year, okay? And this is how God creates, continuously creates. Now, I've listened to some uh, experts, some scientists who have uh, gone and taken seeds into its uh, different, you know, pieces. And no one can understand. If you take a seed corn, you know, you look at it, yes, it, it, you know, you can eat, you know, you can eat maize. But you can plant maize with the same seed, isn't it? You can eat wheat or, or whatever, you know. Uh, you can eat even the smallest uh, seed, you know, the mustard seed. But if you open it, you, you, don't know, you don't understand why does this little thing, this little seed have the ability to create another, another harvest. So, in other words, we can see that God is the creator of all things. Okay? Everything has had a beginning. Everything has had a start. Okay? And God is the one who created all things. In the beginning, there was God. Okay? And God created. And yes, of course, 
He has made you and me creative, and we can be able to create, except that, you know, we have failed to create a seat in the things that we make. <clears throat> Wouldn't it be nice if you buy a car, it would have a seat inside of it, you know, so that when you have driven it for three years, you say, ah, no problem, I'm going to take ice growing out of the, of the ground. Wouldn't that be nice? But unfortunately, that we have failed to do. And we cannot do that. Only God can do that. So, you know, the amazing way of creation shows us the wisdom and the knowledge of God. While we may be creative and while we may be able to invent new things all the time, and of course we should be able to invent new things, okay, I want to challenge you, you know. We have got crisis today in climate change and things like that. You know, it needs people like you and me who come up with inventions in order to fight some of the problems that we are facing in ability to take care of his creation. So we can be able to take care of God's creation. Okay, if you just sit back and say, well, what can I do? Nothing will happen. But if you sit down and begin to to, to study the situation, study the problem, study the, the needs that are there, then you might find a solution, okay? And it's always encouraging to see how young people come up with solutions. Just this week I heard, I heard about a, a, a young boy in Malawi who, who was living in a small village but he built, you know, he built a windmill, he built a topo, something like that, you know, and he was able to build something that was eventually able to give power to the whole village. Okay, I'm sure you can find that out in the internet, more better than I can explain. That's encouraging, okay. Every now and then I have seen how, uh, how young people, you know, in the chess program are producing amazing things that they have uh, come up with, you know, because they have used their ability to think, to analyze, and then come up with a solution. And yes, we should come up with solutions because God has created this world and given it into the hands of human beings to take care of. Of course, to some extent, we have failed to take care of these worlds. You know, because the devil has stolen this world from us, but we're still here and we're still responsible for our world and we can make a difference. But what we can never do, we can never produce something, we see it inside of it, okay? So, if you make a certain machine that is going to help people, you know, to, uh, to fight uh, maybe the, the, the negative influences of climate. If you can come up with such a machine, that's great. But that means you would have to produce so many machines so that all people can benefit from, from that. Because you cannot produce one machine that multiplies itself. It's not possible, you know. That's why millions of cars are built every, every year. Okay, because... No, no car has a seat. It can ever be compared with the Creator. Okay? God loves creating. And the Bible tells us in the book of Romans eleven thirty six. you know, I've read that in the beginning, but I want to highlight that. You know, the Bible says, for him. Okay? Whatever God created, he created for him. And through him and to him are all things. Okay? Sometimes we think, this is mine, this belongs to me, this is, you know, I have to defend my, my territory. But actually, we must understand that all of us are meant to be created for God. Okay? We are meant to be useful to God. We are meant to be able to come back to God and eventually become the wonderful, great, and uh, divine family that God has envisaged when he uh, planned this world. So nothing can contend with God that is in this world because he is far above creation. That's why the Bible many times says, before the creation of the world, God did this or that or loved us. 
cared for us. So actually God did not start with creation. He was there before creation. Not even Satan. You know, some people love to think uh, uh, that Satan is very powerful. And many people give Satan too much respect. Okay? There are too many people who are afraid of Satan and they're always hiding from Satan. I remember we had a young man in our, in our congregation when I first uh, uh, went into ministry. And uh, of course he had, a, he had a problematic upbringing from his father. His father was a very mean character. And so that was somehow uh, becoming part of his nature. You know, anything happened anytime he was just going like this. And just, that's a devil, that's a devil, that's a devil, that's a devil. Hey, the devil is just created like you are. He has got no more, you know, powers than you have. Yes, he may be a spiritual being and he may be able to do things that, okay, he is not another God and he will never be. He is just one creature of God. And by that, you know, not even, not even a creature that is standing in the calling of God, but a creature that has fallen. You know, he was a, a, a mighty angel of God. Okay, like Michael. Or like Gabriel. Okay? He must have been on the same level. But then he fell. Okay? And now he's no longer an angel. Now he's the devil. And the Bible calls him a thief. Okay, and the Bible tells us that the thief comes to, to kill, steal, and destroy. So the thief is not only a, a thief, but he's also a killer. He's also a destructor. You know, he's the guy who, 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 who breaks things. So, in other words, you know, don't be afraid of the thief. You know, protect yourself from thieves as good as you can. But don't be afraid of him because he is not God. He is not having your destiny in his hands. He can just try to trip you here and there. He can just try to tempt you here and there. That's what he even did with Jesus. Okay? He tempted Jesus and Jesus learned to reply to him on the basis of the word of God. He said to him, it is written. Okay? Did you ever see Jesus fighting the devil? Did you ever see him in a boxing ring? Okay. No. Jesus calmly replied to the devil, it is written. And I'm not, I want to tell you, you know, if you think you need to really, really have a fist fight with the devil or going into boxing with the devil, hey, forget about that. Learn the word of God. Understand the word of God. And when the devil tempts you, reply with the word of God and the devil has got no answer to that. Okay, from Jesus because he had to, to, to gather again, you know, to say, mm, what am I going to do? Okay, yes, of course, we know that evil was not resting and eventually brought Jesus all the way to the cross. But even when Jesus was on the cross, he was not on the cross because the devil was so powerful. Please understand that. You know, one of the, of the people when Jesus was on the cross said, if you are really the son of God, come down. And you know what? Jesus had the power to come down. He could have to come down. But he didn't come down. Because if it came down, Yes, of course, people would have said, yeah, this is truly the Son of God. But then, you and me today, we would not have been children of God. We would not have received salvation. So Jesus stayed there. Not because the devil was so powerful, but because he laid down his life as a sacrifice for our sin. He was the sin sacrifice, the sin offering. And all the devil could do is just aid the plan of God. Okay, so the devil became the priest who brought the sacrifice. 
And he thought he was clever. He thought he would win, but actually he lost. Okay? Because on the cross, the Bible tells us that God made a public spectacle of all the powers of darkness. Okay? And so we should understand nothing that is created can contend with God, not even demons or Satan himself. Okay? They are created. So don't fear demons. Okay? The Bible gives us a very, very clear uh, instruction that when you come to find somebody who is demon-possessed, you should drive out that demon. Okay? And maybe you're sitting there and says, how can I do that? I can't do that. If you're a child of God, you can do it. All you need to do is take God by his word. You know, you may not need to understand this, but you need to act in faith accordingly. Okay? That's what God wants us to do. You know, he doesn't say, you must understand how this works. No, you must not understand it. Whether you understand it or not, it doesn't matter, but you believe. And the Bible tells us that, you know, those who believe, and that's the condition, that you believe, they will drive out demons, you know. They may drink something which is deadly and it will not harm them. And I'm not saying you must now go and drink some poison. No, <clears throat> that is not, you must not tempt the Lord your God. But if somebody is trying to poison you, you know, God can neutralize the poison. Okay? God can be able to protect you in whatever situation. So we are just scratching the surface of God's creation. As, as mankind, we, we are just trying to, to, to get a little insight. And you can agree with me, it's very small. Huh? You know, now you have seen of late, uh, there are a lot of people who are building rockets because they want to go to space. You know, uh, some of them have just been going up for, you know, for, I don't know, uh, a few minutes, actually. Uh, what they call now <clears throat> outer, outer space. I mean, you, 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 you're, you're on the earth, you're in the atmosphere, and you go out of the atmosphere just for a few seconds, and you come down. And some people polluting the earth even more because they want to show the world that we can do it, we can do it. Okay, all these rich people, the Bransons and the Musks and the Amazons, you know, of this world, they can do that. The atmosphere and in space and then come back again. Okay. So how much scratching is this on God's wonderful creation, you know? I mean, people have gone on the moon and they are trying to go back to the moon. People are trying now to go to the, what they call the next frontier, which is Mars. Okay, machines and soil, fine and good. <clears throat> but how deep is that scratch if you take the university as a whole? Imagine, we, we, we want to be so clever, okay? And I'm not against us to try and explore, okay? But we are far, far, far away from the greatness of God's creation or from the understanding of God's creation, okay? We have now got the, 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 the telescopes in the, in the space which can see deep down into uh, the past history of our, of our universe. And of course, we see pictures that are amazing, which just shows us that God is a wonderful creator, okay? But otherwise than that, we really fully, have not fully understood. We cannot really piece things together, how all of these things have come to be. Today, somebody says there is this. Tomorrow, somebody refuses. No, it can't be that. Okay? We have been told for a long, long time, for, for, for years and, and uh, decades, that there was a big bang at the beginning. And today, scientists say, no, actually, that was wrong. There was no big bang. So I don't know whether there was a big bang or not, but I know that God is the one who created the heavens and the earth. What bang was there, I don't know. God was there. God knows. 
Okay? So we, we are trying to become so clever. We're trying to be so wise. And yet, our, our knowledge is peace work. Okay? It's limited, so limited, that we cannot really fully understand. But one thing we must understand, that God created you and me, mankind as a whole, in his own image and likeness. Okay? That's a fact. That's what God said. And yes, this intimate relationship that we were supposed to have was disturbed by sin. Okay, so Adam and Eve had to leave the Garden of Eden because in the Garden of Eden, they were able to have, you know, an intimate relationship with God just as much as they could If they had not sinned, I think they would have been able to explore the depths of God to a far greater extent, you know, because God would have been with them every single day and they would have been able to know things that today we can't know because we are distanced. You know, we are distant to the living God. But thank God, in Christ, that distance has been removed again. So God has chosen man to inherit his divine nature. Praise the Lord. God has chosen you and me to inherit his divine nature. And God's plan can never be cancelled. Okay? Not even by sin. Sin can only delay the plan of God. But it cannot cancel the plan of God. Okay, and, and we must understand that God really has a plan that is going to work and will come ultimately to its fulfillment. No matter what human beings will do or not do. That is secondary. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8 tells us, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So my word that goes out from my mouth empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I send it. Thank God for the new rain that we have received yesterday and a few days before. Okay? God again gives rain so that the seed that we put into the ground can be able to germinate and produce a harvest. So whatever God is going to do will always be calculated to produce an outcome, a harvest. And God is using this reality of the rain Okay, we all know that, you know, moisture is going up into the clouds, is being gathered in the clouds and eventually released over the land so that we can be able to have rain or snow, wherever the, uh, the, depending on where we live, okay, and then we will be able to have moisture in the ground that can be able to give growth to our seed. And God says that's exactly what he does with his word. Okay, his word is like rain. Okay, his word is the seed. And he says, whatever I send my word for, it will be able to accomplish what I have sent it for. It will not come back to me void. So in other words, whatever God has planned before the foundation of the world, it will come to pass. We have a choice whether we want to be part of what God does or not. That's our choice. Okay. God is God. And I on the throne. He is in control of all things. 
In Isaiah chapter 66, verse 1, the Bible says, this is what the Lord says, okay? And every time when the Lord is speaking, please take care. You know, give attention to what God says. And he says, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you built for me? Where will be the resting, where will be my resting place be? Has not my hands made all of these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. This is the one I esteem. He who has, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Powerful. Okay? The question is, where could be the people who would build a house for God? Okay? Solomon built a temple, and even after he had finished the temple, he came to realize that God would never live in houses created by human beings. He was praying a prayer, and he said, and now, Lord, God of Israel, that's 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 17. Let your word that you promised your servant David come true. But will God really dwell on earth with men? The heavens, even the highest heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. And that's what God says, okay? He's not living in temples made by human hands. But he will be able to live in a heart that humbles itself. Just like scripture says, you know, this is the one I esteem. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Praise God. You see, this word has power. This word is seed. This word is able to produce a mighty harvest in your life. This, this word is the power and the wisdom of God in our lives. This word is the key to open doors that no one else can ever open. And that's why we need to make room for the word of the living God. James chapter 4 verse 6 tells us, but he gives us more grace. I like that. God gives us more grace. This is what scripture says. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Okay, that's where he loves to live. Submit yourself then to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Isn't that powerful? So God, in all his greatness, has decided to live in a contrite heart. In a heart that is willing to accept God, that is willing to humble oneself, that is willing to lay down our selfishness, our sinfulness, on the cross of Calvary, so that Jesus can be able to live inside of us and can be able to accomplish all the things that he wants to accomplish in our lives, in your life and in my life. So divine transformation is in progression in our lives, you know, and uh, I can only say, you know, as we come together Sunday after Sunday, week after week, you know, God is beginning to transform our lives. Maybe in very small degrees. Maybe don't notice it from one Sunday to another Sunday. But over the, 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 the space of a year, of two years or three years, you will begin to understand, yes, God is beginning to do something new in my life. Okay? There are no headlines in the newspaper about, about the things that God is doing. Okay? But even someday, you know, if you switch on the news on television or radio or you read in the newspapers, all these news are, are, are actually 
depressing, isn't it? There's very little good news. But if you tune to the radio of God, okay, that the headlines of heaven do not have bad news. Hello? Do not have bad news. But every day in God's presence, there is good news. Okay? And there are reports of progress in your life, in our lives, in our congregation, you know, in Zambia. You know, you may, you may be depressed and say, ah, oh, nothing is happening. No, things are happening except that we don't see it. Okay? There are things happening. And even in the most wicked surrounding that we may live, God is building his church. Okay? You know, it's amazing how God works. You know, in, 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 it's not a secret, you know. In, in China, for years and years and years, people were persecuted for their faith. Then there was a little bit of an opening. Now it becomes even more repressive again. But during the time when people were persecuted for their faith, the church grew not only in the hundreds or in the thousands, but in the millions. So what people were trying to suppress could not be suppressed. It's just like, you know, if you, if you have a, a big field that you have... Uh, that you have uh, planted seed in, you know, and then you see it beginning to germinate and grow, and your enemy comes and he puts his thumb on some of the plants. Is he going to stop the growth? That is futile exercise. You understand? And that's what we must understand. God is building his kingdom. So there is good news, and no one can... God, good news. His house. Sometimes we may think, oh, we're not making progress. We're not going forward. But it's just what your natural eyes are seeing. God sees something different. Okay? God sees progress where we cannot see. Because he has sent his word, and his word will not come back void. It will accomplish everything that God has sent it to accomplish. Okay? So God is putting one living stone upon the other and he builds his living house which is you and me, his ecclesia of God and that's where he lives. That's where he loves to be. So let evil rage around you. God still continues for eternity. So what is beyond our brain is not beyond our faith and beyond the experience that we can be able to, you know, make progress in day by day by day by day. Okay? I've been walking with the Lord now for over 45 years, almost 50 years. And when you have a bit of depth and you can see things you know, how they begin to develop and change. And I can report to you that over the years, God has done marvelous things, okay? Sometimes people have a wrong kind of thinking, you know? Sometimes people say, no, we have to vote for this party or for that party, then things will go forward. Forget about parties. They have to do politics. They have got their own work to do. But as far as the kingdom of God is concerned, it is done by the foolishness of the preaching of the word of God. And God will build his church, no matter what. Whether they are good politicians or bad ones, that's secondary. Okay? Whether they are good conditions or bad conditions, God will still make a way for us in every situation. Of course, we should pray for our, for our government. That's what the Bible tells us, so that we can live peacefully and, 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 and continue to do the work of God. But in any case, we need to build the church. We are not supposed to concern ourselves about this one and the other one. Yes, you, as, as a, a matter of, 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 of interest or responsibility, you can take responsibilities up even in your environment, in your neighborhood. That's okay. But the change that God is going to bring will not come by any means of 
human legislation. It will come by the word of God and the word of God alone. God sends his words. And it will accomplish everything that he sends it for. You know, the plan of God will be able to flourish through the word that he sends out. And today God sent his words into your hearts once again. And remember, God wants you to flourish. You know, God is great, far beyond our understanding. But we can take him by his word and believe even if we do not understand. We know that God lives in a contrite heart. God lives in hearts that humble themselves before the Lord and says, Lord, I humble myself before you. I ask you for forgiveness. I ask you, Lord, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And God gladly answers those prayers and begins to build us from inside out. So, okay, we will never be able to overcome them while we are here on this earth. But when finally we are invited to stand before the throne of God, you can read that in the book of Revelation, it's actually on your bulletin, uh, then many of these limits that we have today will be removed. May God bless you. And may his word be able to accomplish everything in your life that God has sent it for. Receive that word. Open up for that word. Let God do his work. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful that you have called us to be your own. You're a mighty, majestic, wonderful God. A God that is far beyond our understanding. And yet, Lord, you are not too big to come and even live inside of our hearts if we make room for you. So, Lord, we thank you so much for your mighty and powerful word. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust you because you're a faithful God. You will never change. You will never change your mind. You're not a God that should lie. But, Lord, you have given us your wonderful word of promise. And we know, Lord, that you will keep your word that you send your word to each and every single one of us in order to accomplish your plan that you have even made before the foundation of this world. So, Lord Jesus, we ask you, may we be able to walk with you in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ, in obedience, in humility, so that, Lord, you can be able to show us greater things that you desire to share with us. To you be the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Amen.